live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods moving in storage studio. It's the Ramsey Show, where America hangs out to have a conversation about your life, your work, your relationships, your money, your marriage, everything. I'm John Deloney, joined here by my best friend, George Camel, and we are taking your calls. 888-825-5225. It's 888-825-5225. The call is free, and that's about the value of the advice it's we're It's priceless, we're John. Priceless. That's what it is, yeah. I love it. All right, let's go to Glenn in Macon, Georgia. What's up, Glenn? Hey, what's going on, guys? First time caller here. All right. We sound like first time <laughs> first time yeah, radio host. So what's up? Sure. Yeah. So uh, I have a question. So I, I just I, I discovered um the baby steps uh you know, like literally a week ago and I'm you know, all hands in, my wife is, as well. Welcome to and the I'm Hey, welcome to our gang, man. Welcome to the gang. Oh, thank you. Thank you, thank you. Um, so I have a, a, a situation that I wanted advice on. So uh, first and foremost, a little background on myself. I'm active duty military, um, and I'm going to be leaving in in a couple in about six months to go overseas and tour for a year, being away from my from my uh, family. I have about forty five thousand dollars in debt right now. The biggest one being our, our car loan. Now, the issue with that is, is that when I first I was originally stationed in England for a number of years, and I came back uh, stateside. When I came back, my credit was terrible, and we ended up getting this car. It was, at the end of the day, a bad deal. But we had the car for a number of years, and then all of a sudden, the the engine goes out. And when we took it back to the dealership, and they basically put us in a new car, we carried over the negative negative equity on, uh, on the car. Um, so now I'm basically, I started off the, the loan, starting off paying $37,000 on a car that's valued pretty much at 21000 even brand new. And I want to know what should I do with that car? Should I sell it? Should I try and go for something cheaper? Should I keep going with it since it is such a reliable car? And again, I'm not going to be here. Um, and my wife is going to be the main one using it. Does she have another car to get around? Uh, No. Okay, so if you sell this thing, if if you were to go take out a loan for the difference, sell this thing, and clear everything, you're going to have that loan note of the gap, plus you'd have to go get another car too? Exactly. Do you have any cash? I don't. Like I said, we are in step one, and, you know, yeah, we were in, in heavy, heavy debt. What kind of car is this? Tell me it's incredible. It's it's not incredible. I mean, it's a good car. It's a, a 2021 Kia Forte. Okay. We got it back at the end of 2019. Um, again, it's very, very reliable. We have no issues with it. Uh, my love, my, my wife loves it. But if we need to make the tough, tough decision to, you know, sell it or give it back or whatever to go into a cheaper car, we will. That's right. So, what's the loan amount currently? Uh, right now, I have uh, about thirty thousand left to pay on it. Okay, and you're saying it's worth twenty one? Yeah, according to Kelly Blue Book. Okay. I'm going to do some homework on that and go check every single car website, Carvana, Vroom, whatever they are, dealerships, Facebook Marketplace, Craigslist, and see if you can get closer to 30 for it so that there's less of a gap. Okay. And when you when did you say you're getting deployed? Uh, January. January. Okay, so we have from now until then to save up as much cash as possible, work as hard as possible, get side jobs. What is your household income? Yeah. So I'm renting right now. Uh, right now, uh, my apartment I, I rent at 1085. But 
this month, uh, the end of this month, our lease is up and um, they've already hit us with uh, our rent is about to go up due to how the market's doing. So we're going from 1085 to about 1500 bucks. Oh, what, what's your what's yeah, your take home? What's your salary? You and your wife combined. Uh, so I'm the only one working right now. My wife is a student um, uh, due to the fact that she's European. So a lot of the places, because she's still going through the US, USCIS process, a lot of the places aren't going to, yeah, like they'll hire her, but at the same time, because we can't uh, update her or renew her, her visa or anything until the month of her expiration, you know, they, they, they see her as unreliable. So, just they, they don't I, I, hey, can I just them. say, dude, I'm so sorry that you have to go through that. I've I worked with students so much, extraordinary, brilliant, wonderful students, also trying to earn money to eat with while they were being students here, and it's yep. such a maddening, insane process. And then it you is. top it off, you've got somebody who's dedicated his life to serving our God, just dude. On behalf of you, know that I know that's wrong too. Okay, and it makes me mad too. That's not going to help you do anything. But golly, it's ridiculous, man. So frustrating. Can she get a job on campus? That's been the only way around it that so, I've seen. So, so with her, it, it was she. She's she's the real trooper in the family uh, because when she's uh, she's from Spain, um, and. You know, she had already had uh, done all her high. She was already in college in Spain when we met. Mm-hmm. When she came over here to the states with me after you know we got married and had our daughter, uh, her college credits wouldn't transfer right. over here. And the process to even transfer them, it's like the amount of money that we have to pay is enormous. Um, hey, hold, so hold on, hold on. She started up. I I want you to yeah. check with a couple of schools on that. Is she? Okay. Are, are y'all too far down the road? Yeah, I, well, like I said, um, so my wife ended up uh, starting from square one and uh, earning, again, her American high school degree here, and she's about to be done with everything in order to enter school over here because, again, the military at least pays for all that. Okay. Um, but, yeah, she started from square one, high school all over again in languages she's not used to, and yeah. she speaks five languages, so it's just like, wow. wow, all this wasted potential for so long just because she didn't have the correct credits. Yep. Okay, Glenn, what's the other 15 in debt? You said you have 30 on the car loan. What else? Yep. Uh, one loan that I'm almost done paying off, of, uh, an unsecured loan, and the rest is in credit cards. Okay. And you didn't tell me your income. What is that? T- what's your take-home pay every month? Uh, about 4000 Okay. Can you see if there's other apartments that will rent to you for closer to what you were paying? I could try, but again, it's going to, like, you know, with me moving so soon, I'm, I'm not even sure if it's going to be worth it at the moment. Where's she going to live? The reason we, she's going to stay stay here in the same in the same apartment that I'm at because you know, as soon as I'm done with this tour, this one you tour, we're going to be moving to someplace completely different. Where the military is going to be sending me, I have no idea yet. Can she roll into base? I know it's not ideal, but you can save you a whole bunch of money while you're gone, and it give her some community yeah, too. Yeah, we can. That that is that is an idea. The only thing that we're afraid of is taking our daughter out of a school system that she's really thriving in. Yeah, that's fair. And if there's not, if I mean, I, I get that. Um, man, I'd love to see y'all knock this debt out, though. Yeah, I know. Right, right now, I'm even for the next six months. I'm looking at picking up. Like I've heard you guys say, 
and some of the other shows, you know, pick up a secondary job, some delivering pizzas. If you I might have need to. three, man, it. but I'm, right. I'm selling this car. You're going to have to go to your local credit union, take a loan out for the difference, but try to make that gap as short as possible. Stack up as much cash as you can. Get her a car. Clean this mess up before you head out. That's the best thing to do for your family. Thank you so, so much for your yes. service. And America, we've got to get this stuff figured out. Got to be able to help these folks get back. We'll be right back. This is The Ramsey Show. I'm George Camel, host of the Fine Print and Entree Leadership Podcast. Joined today by Dr. John Deloney, host of the Dr. John Deloney Show. You can find all of those shows on The Ramsey Network, YouTube, podcast, you name it. We are there for you. It's a free call today, 888-825-5225. Graham joins us up next in Grand Rapids. Graham, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for taking my call. Happy to take it. What's going on? So I was looking at Ramsey Solutions' website in regarding to investing, and I saw that Ramsey Solutions advocates for mutual funds and is very against bonds as an asset to use. And I was curious if you could flesh out why that is. Uh, I read some articles on the website, but I didn't find them fully satisfactory. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to, what's, what's not satisfactory? I'd love to hear your take. So it really came down to the lack of return of investment, rate of return. And I know it's the most important metric with an investment, but it's not the only metric. And I, it felt a little one-dimensional in its analysis. Meaning, in your analysis being there's the other side, which is the perception that bonds are somehow a... Uh, uh, it's, like, it's like when you buy drywall that's fireproof. Like, this will stop the fire. And it's like, so it's it's your protection, right? It's not so much protection. It's that the bonds is serving a, a slightly different function than, say, a mutual fund or an index fund. So why why so are you – clearly you're a fan of bonds. So tell us what your reasoning is for wanting to invest in them. Well, I'm a fan of bonds only to the extent that it seems to be a good idea to include them in a portfolio, but I'm not advocating for an all bonds portfolio. Or sure. Well, I mean, I was just curious we're very why. countercultural. We're weird in a whole lot of ways. <laughs> bonds, bonds yeah. excluded. But financial advisors, what they do is over time, as you get older, they want to put you in more bonds to create safety. Which guess what creates safety for their jobs because you're not knocking down their door when you're going. Well, I lost money, and I'm about to be in retirement age, and so that's a very countercultural thing where we go. No, keep investing, diversify your portfolio, four types of mutual funds, growth, aggressive growth, growth and income, international, and you're going to be better off in the long term. So I'll here's what I'll tell you. I'll answer the uh, personal question, let George kind of walk you through it. I have no bonds in my personal portfolio. None, zero. 
Okay, so that's that's how I'm choosing to do with me and my family. And so this isn't like a like we got some company statement that we're making. This is how I how I choose because the idea that it's somehow a protection or somehow a hedge against a riskier investment simply isn't. It's it's not mathematically accurate, right? It's a debt product. Right, but I don't. I guess I see it as more of a fixed income, and that's what that's what advantage is. It's the fixed income. It's not so much appreciation or that's debt or that. I don't even see it. I think every asset is inherently risky, even treasury bonds. Right? We I think we could all agree on that. So I guess it's. I was just curious where that just made with the risk reward, but. Um, I just wasn't sure how I felt about it. So see what your guys' thoughts were. Yeah, I mean, like we talked about, the returns you're going to get from bonds are not impressive. You're going to do better in the stock market than in the bond market, and they're going to barely outpace inflation. And we want you to beat the market so that you can build wealth. And so when it comes to fixed income, if I have $5 million because I had all of my money in the stock market and none in bonds, and you've got $3 million because you were heavier in bonds, well, I'm going to have a higher fixed income with my $5 million sitting there, even if it fluctuates a little bit with the stock market. But over time, we're going to see the stock market continue to grow. The economy is going to continue to grow long-term over a long period of time. And that's how we look at investing. And by the way, if you buy a bunch of bonds when they're cheap and interest rates go up, you're going to be unable to move those bonds. Because the value has gone down. Yeah. All it's yes. Going back to your original thing, this is the idea of a. Um, it's like remember when the when the government gave put out the food pyramid years ago, oh, yeah. and come to find out there was mostly lawyers who made that determination of what should be on the food pyramid. You're saying we shouldn't eat a ton of milk and sugar, John? I'm saying that milk and sugar shouldn't make up the bulk of your diet. Um, all it is, but this is not a nutrition show, so uh, now all the nutrition zealots are going to come at us. What I'm saying is there is a there is a picture that's been sold to us. That is, this is the balanced portfolio, and this is what this looks like. We could go into a whole bond segment. I don't think that's worth the time. What I'm saying is understand that bonds don't provide, like, well, you've got to have your dessert. Otherwise, it's not a complete meal. And what I'll say is, at the end of the day, it's just it's not healthy. Let's move on. Yeah, and there are some nerdy studies out there that I've yeah. looked at where it's comparing, hey, if you just stayed in the stock market with more aggressive investing strategies versus putting it in bonds, you're going to end up ahead in the long term. It's a theory that doesn't pan out in reality. Yes, and again, financial advisors want this because it's job security for them so that you're not angry when you lose some money in retirement. They want to make it safer for you as you go there, but then you've got no return in retirement, which means that money's going to run out a lot faster mm. because your retirement, remember, you might live to 95 and retire at 60. So you need that money to continue growing at the pace it was growing from 60 to 95 mm. yeah. versus it running out at 70. So it's a great question, Graham. Uh, and if you're not satisfied with the website, I mean, we can agree to disagree. It's yeah. okay. We can still be friends. Thanks for the call, man. Angel joins us up next in Irvine. Angel, baby, welcome to the show. Baby, Please don't sing, John. What's hey up, dude? guys? How you doing? Good. You? Hey, thank you. Thank you for taking my call, man. Of course. <laughs> right. So, so my question is this: uh, My wife and I were immigrants from Spain. Uh, we've been here for about twenty years. Uh, you know, everything has been great. We discovered you guys about six years ago. We started paying off all of our debts, and now we are on baby step number three. Uh, we believe we should be done with it by November this year. And so 
we have uh, a lot of certainty in that we are going to spend our retirement back in Spain in you know maybe 25 years from now, 20 to 25 years from now. Uh, we're currently renting, so we don't have a house, we don't own property. And, and so my main question would be, will it make sense for us to make an investment on a house right now, or should we focus on, on our retirement? Well, I think you can do both. Do you have any money in retirement? So currently we have uh, saved up about uh, $40,000. How old are you? uh, I'm 44. My wife is 39. uh, And our household income is about 175. Awesome. Um, And so, well, that's really thanks to you guys. I mean, the, the method really works. John and I and did so, nothing, man. You, you yeah, did this We didn't do stuff. anything, Angel. You did it. So here's what I'm seeing, Angel. <laughs> I would absolutely invest in a home in the U.S. I mean, you say you're not going to retire in Spain for 25 years. And so think about what Correct. rent's going to do in 25 years in California versus you investing 15% of your income in retirement after you get your fully funded emergency fund, then saving up for that house down payment as quickly as possible, and then locking in a fixed expense with a 15-year uh, conventional mortgage and paying that thing off before you retire in Spain. And then think about what the appreciation on that home will be 25 years from now in California or wherever you live, and you go sell that home and go retire with a giant pile of cash and no payments for a long time. That sounds like a great so plan really, to me. It, it, so it, it would make sense then. Okay. And, and for investment, then I should just follow... Uh, 15% the, of your income, yeah. Rules for Don't overthink mutual it. funds. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Once you got a paid for home, you can ramp up that 15% and go harder on that and really start to, you know, ratchet it up if you guys want to retire earlier. But you're doing great. Stay on the path and definitely let's get the emergency fund beefed up, get the retirement beefed up, and get you in a home long term so that you're not trying to keep up with rent for 25 years. Way to go, man. More of your calls coming up on The Ramsey Show. is the Ramsey Show, 888-825-5225. I'm John Deloney, joined by my good friend George Camel. Let's go out to Regina in San Antonio, Texas. What's up, Regina? Hey, how are you guys doing today? Good, how are you? Great, huge fan of the show. Thank you so much for taking my call. You bet, we're a huge fan of yours. What's up? So, I'm currently working for a retail company. I've been working here for about four, going on five years. They've been really good to me. They have 180 hours of PTO, they have insurance benefits, they have free therapy sessions for their employees. Um, and I currently got an offer for another job. Now this retail job, it is not necessarily in my field. I've been doing customer service the entire time. Um, and this new job is a marketing coordinator with a nonprofit, which is awesome. However, 
they have only 80 hours of PTO, um, but they do have like other good benefits. They do 6% match and the 403B, I think it is. And uh, they also have um, paid, uh, what do you call it? Holidays from Christmas to New Year's Eve. But it's a $5,000 decrease in my income. So I'm a little torn just because I've been so loyal to you know, this company that I'm with right now. And I'm currently working in corporate since November. So I was hoping to grow with the company, but it's a little slower than I've expected. But this nonprofit's giving me an opportunity to be in my field of marketing. And I recently just got my MBA. So I've been kind of struggling on trying to find a job in the field. Is this new position going to get you closer to what you see yourself doing three to five years from now? Yes, because of the experience that I'd be gaining. I'm just, I've set myself up, I guess, to live the current salary that I live. Um, but So here's what I'll tell you. In my personal life, on multiple occasions, I've taken a pay cut to go from a job um, that I was either through with or was um, doing great with to a, another job that I was going to do even better or that had a higher upside to it, or I was going to learn some new skills multiple mm-hmm. times, a hundred percent. Every time I've done that, it's paid itself off in the long run, both in my life because my life was better and financially mm-hmm. just, just the math. Um, it sounds like you are willing to trade being miserable. Um, and not being frustrated at work for a lifestyle that you've set up that's a couple hundred dollars a month more than, um, like, you, you see what I'm saying? Seems like a strange mm-hmm. trade to me. Talk to me about that. I guess it's because, like, with the current company I have, they give us the free therapy sessions, and I utilize those, you know, just to stay on top of my mental health. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, the hundred <laughs> You're at a job that you don't want to be yet, and so then you... <laughs> But they cover the therapy. You go through benefits. Okay, take the benefits off the table for a second. Yeah. Which job do you want? What lights you up when you think about doing that for eight hours a day? I mean, honestly, it'd be really fun to be in like working with a nonprofit as a marketing coordinator. That sounds like the dream and the next step. However, I don't know. I mean, I just I'm so used to being with this retailer company and like now that I've had the corporate opportunity, I'm that's it. But making a decision because you're used to it is a terrible filter for making a decision. Yes, you are trying to make this about vacation. It's not. You're just scared, and that's okay. I was a dean of students at a billion dollar college, and I'm a YouTuber, dude. I get it. It's it was a scary jump, right? Yeah. You know this whole thing, and then you move over here. It's it's um it's a tough move, and it sounds like it's the right move. Regina, if you if you hate this marketing coordinator position, could you leave two years from now and go be a senior marketer somewhere else and make 10, 15, 20 grand more? Maybe. I'm just scared because I've applied to like 30 places and this nonprofit's the only one who's given me a chance. Well, do you and have I'm marketing experience right now? I have about a year or two under my belt, but it's nothing corporate level or, you know, it's for a university. I mean, it's pretty big, but... I'd say if you're excited about it, you go for it. And if you can live on $400 less than you are now because you're following this plan, you're going to have some bigger upside on the back end. I started here as a marketing coordinator, you know, nine years ago and uh, there's growth. If you're crushing it, they're going to go, Hey, we want to put you in this position, in this position. And if there's not growth, you can leave. That's right. It may not be the last job you ever have and that's okay. I promise you it won't be the last job you ever have. 
Okay, I have one more rebuttal, and then you guys can fight me Ooh, for it. Ooh, I love a right. rebuttal. Bring um, it back. So, sorry, sorry. So, I've always had two jobs. Like, I just finished my MBA, went to school full-time. I had a full-time job, and I had a part-time job. So, I'm super used to being super busy. Now, I only have this full-time job. So, I don't feel secure not having, I guess, a second job that well, do you I have truly debt? like. I'm sorry? Do you have any debt? I do. I have my grad school and my credit cards, which I'm also, I'm following the baby steps. So, I mean... I'm doing that, you know. It's just, I guess, the whole career. Regina, Regina, Regina. Not having a job. Regina. Yes. Just, just a fellow Texan to another Texan. You and I just having chips and queso, just hanging out. Okay. Yeah. What are you running from? Security. Yeah. Somewhere along the way, somebody told you that you're not enough. You're never going to have enough. That all the stuff comes crashing down on you. And you're. Um, your addiction is busy. Yeah. Probably that addiction. Is, <laughs> it's a little bit, it, your anxiety is about chaos. It's a little bit busy. And what you're doing is you're using busy, you're using achievement, you're using go, 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 go as a, um, as Xanax, as a way to band-aid over just being present and still for a minute. Because when you're present and still, you got to look in the mirror. Yeah. And for some reason, you don't like Regina that much. Or you think you'll like her more if she gets this degree from this place at this cost and then gets this job and makes this much money. And what I'll promise you is the great the great tragedy of MBA programs is they don't tell you this one fundamental truth. No matter what job you get, no matter what salary you can negotiate for, you go with you everywhere. Yeah. And the world is littered with people who were vice presidents and had fancy cars in 5,000 square foot houses and they imploded everything. Mm-hmm. And so a great move for you professionally and personally is to take a job that you love that is going to be oh, a job that's going to teach you things at a much slower pace and you can use this time to heal and get well and figure out what comes next. Yeah. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And I want you to start it's getting... like my therapist. <laughs> uh, yeah, ta-da. I want you to start getting curious about your body trying to protect you. Every time it starts to get that angsty feeling... That Saturday morning at 10 a.m. feeling, you know what I'm talking about? That I should be doing, I should be doing, I should be doing? Yeah. Ask yourself quietly with a smile on your face, what's my body trying to protect me from? What about me? What about this moment isn't safe? And you need to answer those questions because when you make peace with those questions, you can work anywhere for any amount of money. And then when you can work anywhere for any amount of money, people really want to hire you. They come after you then. Yeah, that makes sense. Does that make sense? Regina, I heard you say multiple yeah. times, well, I'm used to having the second job. I'm used to, I'm used to, that doesn't mean it's good. It doesn't mean <laughs> exactly. it's normal. Yeah. And so no, let's find a new normal. I just had one job. I felt so stressed out. Like I felt so, I feel like I was getting depressed. You felt lazy? Like, yeah, you, you didn't feel yeah. stressed out. You felt worthless. You felt lazy. Yeah. And that's a lie. I want to get to the point where Regina can just sit with Regina and not feel like I'm not doing enough or I'm not being enough. My friends that work with professional athletes tell me getting a a professional athlete into the gym isn't the hard part. Teaching them the benefits and the power and the critical importance of rest. And So I want you to look at rest as a skill. I want you to look at peace (laughs) as a skill. It's something you got to practice because you don't know how to do it. Yeah, need to learn that. Right. So, hey, all we're going to practice it. We're not going to beat ourselves up about it. We're not a we're not a, a leadership failure. We don't have character issues. No, we it's a skill. 
my guess is you and I could talk for a long time and you've been running hot yeah. since you were a little kid. And those same those same things that kept you safe as a kid, kept you alive as a kid, um, are the things that are going to burn you out as an adult. So all that means is you got to learn some new skills. And we say this, I say it all the time, and probably too much, but I'm going to keep saying it. You're worth being well, and you're worth peace, and you're worth falling asleep at night without medication, and you're worth getting up in the morning and drinking coffee because you want to, not because you have to. And you're worth only working one job sometimes. You're worth... Peace. We'll be right back. Eight two five five two two five. This is the Ramsey Show. Let's go out to John in Bakersfield, California. What's up, John? Hi, how's it going? Excellent, brother. What's up? Uh, so, just a little background. I've been with my uh, girlfriend here for a while. We're both in our thirties. Um, no debt, no kids. Um, um, we both make good money. I make about ninety a year. She makes about one thirty. Um, so we each own our own house right now. We'll probably get engaged here very soon. And uh, we've talked about when we do get married, we're going to move into her house. Um, I like her house a little better. She's been there longer than I have. Well done. Kind of done everything to set it up. <clears throat> she thinks when I move in, she'd like to keep my house as a rental property. Um, I could probably net about 800 to to $1,000 a month on it. Although with what I already have into the house and how the market is, and I've lived in it for over two years, so as far as I understand, I wouldn't pay any capital gains tax. Um, I could probably get about two hundred grand just straight out of it. So just kind of wondering your opinion on which would be the smarter route. What's the house worth? My house I bought for three twenty just over a little over two years ago. I have about eighty into it for my down payment and the principal I've paid down. And now it's selling, uh, you know, just with other sales around it. And I've looked it up on Zillow for about four forty, four fifty. Okay. And she's got a mortgage on her place. Yeah, she's lived in her place for ten years. She got it for a great deal back in the day. Hers is worth more than double what it is now. But uh, and my thinking is, if I get that two hundred grand out, I've driven my car for the last eight years. I'm going to need a new one. I could buy that in cash. I could pay off the car she just got in cash, and even pay off her, you know, our mortgage in her house, and we'd be living free. Yeah, I like John's plan more because number one, you won't have two mortgages to keep up with, and you're not starting off yeah. your marriage as a landlord trying to get your 800 bucks a month while you're probably spending 800 bucks a month to keep this thing afloat. Yes, yeah, with all the other things I would build on, and plus, I, I haven't had a car payment for the last eight years. I don't want one. My car's on its last legs. Like, uh, I'd love to just buy my car in cash pay off the extra 15 that hers is in cash. And even if not paying off her mortgage, I figure whenever the market starts to slow down again or something, I could still have another hundred and something in the bank to go out and get another one or two properties in the future. Okay. Hold on real quick. You said you don't want to go into debt. That's like getting married and being like, I don't want to cheat on you. Just don't never do it. Okay. Just don't ever go into debt. Right. 
Um, I, I'm with George, man. Sell the sell your rental property, pay your wife's house off, and she might be upset, going, "Well, we could be making nine thousand a year off this thing." Yeah, and it could also be adding a whole lot of stress, and it could cost you ten grand a year. And so, I think you having a real conversation, go on a date, and say, "Hey, I think this is going to set us up so well in the future. We can pay down the mortgage. We won't have any debt. It's going to give us so much more options. And I want to pay off our mortgage. And then one day, we're going to do a rental that's ours together, and we're going to do it with cash." And quick math: What is your? Uh, what do you pay in? Um, what's your mortgage every month? Uh, just under sixteen. So if you don't have that mortgage anymore, is that like uh, having some money in the house? You see what I'm saying? Oh yeah, no. I mean, I could, I could obviously like for the way the rentals are going around here, I could get somebody in it for around probably twenty five or twenty six. They play if they pay a month. Oh, uh, I thought you said eight hundred to a thousand. Yeah, I was saying the opposite there. But all I have to say is, you're yeah, sell sell your house, sell it, be debt free, start okay. your marriage. No, we, I meant eight hundred to a thousand, as in I could get that out of it every single month. Like I profit. pay sixteen, yeah, profit every month. Okay. Yeah, hey, I don't think the extra ten grand is going to change your life. I think what will change your life is selling it, being completely debt free, being able to throw some at her mortgage, and you guys have a head start on this amazing new marriage. Yeah, I'm a hundred percent. I'm just more excited about that, just on an emotional level. Yes. On as, top of that, as two guys who are married and who don't own any credit card companies, it's pretty awesome way to deal with a uh, marriage disagreement not also being pressured by bank of america let's go to uh, mike in scranton what's up mike hey guys how you doing nice to talk to you you too what's up man hey uh, i got a question almost with when that the last call i just mentioned about a vehicle uh i'm just curious whether i should or could be able to buy a another used vehicle i'm driving a hoopty quote that dave says for the last you know seven years it's a minivan it's almost 20 years old over 200,000 miles on it nickel and dime and me and you know my two kids are teenagers now so it's not cool anymore you know? <laughs> but it still runs you know and, but i take it to the you know garage like it seems like every other month to get something fixed and repaired and i just you know just got out of the garage because my window was broken and, so, hold on and so, motor, hey, so you're you're giving me a very emotional plea to a math problem okay so that's it okay so can, yeah, can so, you afford the car I'm glad you're on the phone john because <laughs> i have a trouble trying to separate my money well like, you I hate like the to car save money but i'm afraid to give it up <laughs> you hate the car good deal can you afford it what's that like what i'm looking for yeah can you go buy another car how much money do you have right now in savings uh, well i was looking to spend maybe at least fifteen thousand, uh, you know to for to buy another vehicle but you know in my area here trying to find something that's a little for that price or less with low mileage like at least a hundred the hundred and thirty thousand miles. You, you know, you're looking. Yours at has two hundred thousand. A hundred thousand is low mileage to you. <laughs> yeah, man. Well, I know that's why I'm trying. I'm trying to find something with around. You can find something for fifteen thousand dollars that doesn't have two hundred thousand miles. But hey, Come do, on. do you have the money? That's the question. Do you have fifteen k? I have the money. Yes, I have the money. But uh, hold on. Do you have a just, lot more money? I I have. Yeah, I have money saved up, and that's another issue. But. I also have a disabled son, so I, you know the reason we have a van was two like kids, and then my son is in a wheelchair, so I need I can't just go buy like a like a, a small car. I need to have something that I could put, you know, like a mini, small uh, SUV type of vehicle. Okay, sure. let, you know, let, let me let me SUV, but let me press you a little bit. Um, you've had to deal with some hard stuff, haven't you? Yes, and that, my wife also passed away too from cancer about six years ago. So I'm okay. single dad too. So <laughs> so you've you. When I say you've done hard stuff, you have done hard stuff, right? 
And right. you also know what the, better than most of us that things can get really sideways real fast, right? True. Is your response, because mine is very similar, is your response to things can get sideways very fast, um, being really tight with your money? Is that a coping strategy? Here's what I'm asking you. Can you go buy a $50,000 van that's relatively nice, relatively new, that would take care of your son's needs? And that is no, I, I wouldn't do that. Not at all. You would No, you wouldn't. I wouldn't. I, say, I mean, I probably I have the cash and the savings, but I wouldn't want to do that because it's just too much money. You know, just based off of Dave's theory. So, you know, how much do you, you make know, a year? Like around sixty-five, seventy. Okay. All right. That's fair. Um, so, I I would challenge you to. Like, man, I just hear myself in you. Um, I don't have my. I don't have a, a child with special needs, but I also have X number of dollars in the bank, and I still think I bet I could get a car for five thousand bucks. And at some point, it takes somebody walking alongside me, asking me, "Hey, what are you trying to prove? Is it a scarcity thing? Is it a fear thing? Because you got the money to get something nicer." Um, that is going to be a more of a blessing for you and your family than buying a fifteen thousand dollar car and just holding your breath until. You got to sell it, right? And it just doesn't sound like you're in $15,000 car territory right now. Is that fair? That's fair, yeah. Okay, and you're talking to a guy that drives an 06 with almost 200,000 miles on it. Like, So I'm not, I'm not a new <laughs> yeah, car I got, guy. I got an 02 and an 04. So. There you go. Uh-huh. So this is old car guy to older car guy. I'm telling you, mm-hmm. if you've got the money and um, you're not going to be doing something irresponsible, which I don't hear that at all. I want to challenge you to give yourself a little grace here, okay? Well, that's another. Yeah. Well, I have the money, but I have no, that, that's another phone call to to Dave or you guys ask about what should I do with that money? Because right now, I just I sold some property to get some of that money, mm-hmm. and I, I'm I it's just in my savings account. So I'm like, I, I, I guess I wait till the tax season because I'm not sure if I'm going to get hit with the capital gains on that or not. I actually sold it for a little less than what I paid for it, so I'm not too sure but you know i don't know how to i'd rather put that money somewhere into investments like you know you guys recommend but right now i have it so well let's start with the short-term goal which is get a better car and if you can get a 20 grand car that'll get you a 2015 instead of a 2012 but dude you work hard you've been busting it it's time you've been through a lot and call uh, one of our tax pros go to um RamseySolutions.com and check out one of our smart investor pros and our tax professionals and they will get you lined up with the information because what you need right now brother is some information so you can have some peace this is the Ramsey Show we'll be back soon do you love a good Dave rant want to see the latest Ramsey Show videos going viral check out your favorite moments from the Ramsey Show on YouTube Go watch and subscribe to the Ramsey Show channel on YouTube.